Good morning. It is Monday, November 15th, 2021. This is DC Signal to Noise. Let's talk about the markets first because, boy, since we last checked in, the buying has come back to the grain markets. Technical speculative buying has been driving much of the price advance. But when winter wheat futures push solidly through $8 a bushel, everybody, everybody takes note of that. Commodity prices are often noted when economy analysts are putting analysis on inflation and the food cost data. Of course, it, it's being talked about a lot. Meeting season. Woo! It is ramping up right now. And uh, I don't know how it happened, but my wife started blocking out days, days <laughs> at a time on the calendar because the holiday season is here. It's uh, it is that time of the year. The the tree showed up at Rockefeller Rockefeller Center over the weekend as well. I'm Agritalk host Chip Flory. That is pro farmer policy analyst Jim Weismeyer. Good man. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Well, I I want to tell you that the Washington football team beat the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, not bad. Not it and beat them handedly, didn't they? Well, by 10, but uh, yeah. our quarterback did a very good job, but we lost our best defensive player due to injury, and it looks like it's a, a bad one. But uh, I'll take the victory. You bet. You bet. You know, it's some controversy up there in Green Bay. Uh, Rodgers is back, played well. Uh, yeah, and he's got his thoughts better aligned on the vaccine. Uh, he yeah. had a rough... Uh, a rough few days last week. Uh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. No question about it. Okay, let's get right to it. Uh, I mentioned it in the in the headlines uh, or this the open, Jim. But I think we've got to start with inflation, don't we? Ever? I, it's 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 the topic of most conversations right now. Uh, absolutely, and in fact, it caught on the weekend news programs. Uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was asked whether inflation will be an impact uh, at, in the midterm elections in 2022, and she said it all depends on COVID. So you can see they're, they're trying to lay blame on some of this as opposed to other policies, Chip. But, you know, across the board, uh, 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 inflation is really starting to bite. As you said, mm -hmm. uh, when you get the 4 to 7% average uh, increase in inflation now, uh, you have to sit up and take notice, but especially food and energy, that hits every American and it's a yeah. tax. And yeah. it's not going to go away anytime soon. Well, the other one that's a big tax and isn't going to go away anytime soon, Jim, is I was out doing some traveling uh, over the weekend, and I had to fill up the gas tank three times. Whoa, man, that smarts a little bit right now. Yes, and it's and it's not insignificant either. No. The increases, and you know, from a policy perspective, the White House is mulling whether or not to tap the strategic petroleum reserve. But to me, that's a band aid because yeah. uh, that now the return of clout by OPEC, they can just uh, you know put push down on their production level. So I kind of hope they don't do it, Chip. That SPR was uh, in times of emergency supply. We don't have a, a, a problem with no. supply. It's, it's really the, the policy and the demand. So, and yeah. and I, I'm trying to be as, as unbiased as I can. Uh, they did some bad policy moves over the last uh, almost year. 
you know, and wasn't there a little bit of backing away from the anti-fossil fuel rhetoric over the weekend? In COP26, in that yeah. big climate, uh, it shows politics was at hand there for the United States. They really tempered uh, their thrust on, uh, they didn't sign on to the uh, significant phase out of coal. And they right. also backed off on the end of fossil fuels, Chip. So, yes, uh, definitely. Uh, and uh, you had uh, what I pointed out in Pro Farmer this morning, India and China, but especially India, much like they do in a new round of the World Trade Organization, they watered it down. And we saw India's uh, might on the climate change conference as well. Uh, there were mainly side agreements, but uh, it it really was not the thrust of a, of a confab that the United States or John Kerry, our, energy, our climate czar, wanted going into it, Chip. I, 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 boy, I hesitate to even say this, Jim, but it, it feels to me the ideas and the attitudes coming out of COP26 are more realistic than what they were going in because they were slapped in the face with reality in some cases along the way. Well, especially coal, coal, coal. Yeah, you, you've yeah. got too many countries because of the energy price run up in crude oil and and other and other energy matters. They they have to re go back to coal, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, that definitely put more clout with China and and some uh, you know other countries who use it. Yeah. And you're seeing uh, energy used as a weapon again uh, in Poland and Belarus. I mean, there and now NATO's looking in whether or not they have to come in and and help Poland. So these have geopolitical concerns as well. And I don't have to tell you about Putin. Putin's hands right. is all involved in you know, in some of these energy skullduggery uh, uh, issues well, you know that he's dealt with. Well, and energy's got to be at the at, at the core of lining all those troops up on the Ukrainian border, isn't it? Or is it the Black Sea? I well, I think it's uh, uh, Putin's. Uh, I read a lot about Putin. Yeah. He he wants to uh, really entrench himself with Belarus. I think this is part of his plan. He's got what he wanted in Ukraine, you know. With the yeah, so uh, he doesn't yeah. want all Ukraine. Uh, he got the Crimea already. So I don't think that's his grand. He wants to uh, yeah, solidify his relationship and uh, thorns, if you will, on the Belarus side. But there's some policy implications here, uh, you know, big time stuff. It'll be curious whether or not this is one of the subjects that Biden talks uh, this evening with uh, Chinese leader Xi Jinping uh, at their uh, uh, at their virtual summit chip. Yeah. OK, we're going to talk more about that here in a moment. Back to coal for just a moment, Jim, and and what feels like at least a slight shift in attitude. Uh, it, it was Phil Flynn from uh, Price Futures Group, there, the energy analyst on AgriTalk. I know it was the first time that I'd heard it because I reacted to it, and, and he called EVs coal powered. Uh, I've heard that more often now. Hmm that analysts calling these EVs coal powered and we have to have a realization of just exactly what, what we are dealing with. Um, I think that's, I, I think there's a greater understanding that uh, uh, electricity isn't crystal clear and clean on its own. Isn't there? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think this is an issue that is not going to go away, Chip. As I yeah. said before, more than 40 countries uh, during the COP26 CONFAB pledged to phase out uh, coal by 2030 and stop yeah. building coal-fired power plants. But uh, the White House did not join that pledge to phase out coal in the coming decades, yeah. even though coal's decline as a source See, of power in this country has accelerated significantly. But it shows you the U.S. backed off. Yeah. You know, and the way that they write rules like that, a lot of times, you know, let's stop building after or on 2030. Let's stop building coal powered plants while countries like India China will build as many as they possibly can leading up to 2030 to get out in front of that. Yes. And you also saw the U.S. did, did, did uh, uh, sign, did not sign the agreement to phase out gas and diesel powered uh, you know, cars. And they right. joined China and Japan and withholding support from that. It's all very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's stay on last week a little bit because for the cattlemen out there, there was the the compromise bill that has now been put together on the Cattle Market Transparency uh, Act, and uh, it feels like <laughs> it feels like this is the start of another conversation, another leg in the conversation. Yes. Uh... <laughs> NCBA has not come out in total support of that. The Farm Bureau has, and a number of other key farm groups yep. have. So this is going to be an interesting one to watch from my perspective of the power of certain groups, uh, yeah. Chip. I think that they may get portions of that bill in a must-pass spending bill later this year, but I would watch, keep listening and watching NCBA's yeah. position on this. Okay. We had Ethan Lane, VP of government affairs on the show on Thursday, and he explained it very sim simply. There are elements and segments of the bill of which they of course support. The problem is the same rule book that says we can go ahead and support those items also says that NCBA cannot support a market mandate of any kind. Yes. So they're weighing one against the other. So when they say that they're that they can't support it because of their, their membership, who has has written the rule book for them, um, they're 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 being honest when they, when they say that. the The problem that they're running into now, based on the conversations that I had over the weekend, Jim was that NCBA will support certain government-run programs, but in this case, they're saying no, but it's because of that market. It, it's, and the, the, uh, the, the rule book just, just flat out says cannot support a market mandate of any kind because it's taking away opportunities from others. Well, it's not a. It, I don't. I. I think that's a good position, by the way, myself. And it's grassroots. You better listen to your grassroots member because Darn groups right. groups in this town get in trouble when it comes from the top up rather than the bottom. Uh, you right. know, rather than the bottom up. Yep. Uh, so uh, I just wish they do some pilot projects. <laughs> on this right. chip, sorry, uh, because this thing is significant because their their uh, potentially uh, unintended consequences could be major well, in yes. this. So yeah. the the more I've thought about it, uh, the more <laughs> the more I've thought that this could 
could accelerate the decline of cash marketings. And it could, because what if those involved in the cash market heavily right now decide, you know what? That alternative marketing arrangement, that looks pretty good to me. That's one of them that I want to implement on my farm. Yes. If that happens and it pulls more cattle out of the cash negotiated cash trade, that's uh, that's not going to have the the uh, the, the results that that they are looking for in this. And, and a pilot program would test some of these things yeah. before you get yourself in a big problem, because I think the underlying bill has a USDA or some review after two years. Boy, yeah. that. <laughs> In this case, that may be way too long that that, yep. that this thing will have implementation problems, I think. And it's fairly detailed. And I know they modified it somewhat relative to answering some of the criticism that was in that Texas A&M study, Chip. So I do right. applaud them for that uh, because that that Texas A&M study just forecasts some significant problems if if there were not modifications, which of course they made. Right. Okay. Yeah. It, that's just one that we're going to have to continue to watch very yes. closely. Okay. Uh, if you want to be involved in the conversation or if you have a question for Jim or even for me, Look over on the right side of your screen. It says comments over there. Uh, you click on that. It should bring up a dialogue box for you at the bottom of the page. And send us a note. Let us know what you're thinking and what questions you might have. Um, it, we talked about this very briefly, but I think it's something worth noting from over the weekend. The COVID warnings are ramping up again about a winter surge. It's just something that we need to bring up, I think, if for no other reason, uh, as you said, Treasury Secretary Yellen mentioned it as well. Yes, and the European Union. I mean, they're really going up in their cases, Chip. And and when you look at the recent history, they're, they're a leader on what happens in yeah. this country. So I just think, yes, the COVID cases are rising in portions of the upper Midwest, the South, and the upper uh, you know, Northeast. But yeah. I don't think it's going to have the lingering policy we've seen in some of the other run-ups. Uh, what I just said is by the uh, middle to end of December, I think we're going to see the case, the number of cases, you know, you know start going down again. But it okay. it is something, uh, a cause of concern. Okay. Uh, this one I'm almost counting as a weekend because it happened late on Friday. But U.S. groups, ag groups, are upset with EPA over some uh, some chemical registration evaluations and so on. Tell us about what's going on there. Glyphosate, atrazine, and simazine. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, a, uh, American Soybean Association came out, and I applaud them because they noted their frustration that EPA, they said, uh, did not use the best available science and data as yeah. they said, required by law, Chip, and it's Endangered Species Biological Evaluation, BEs, they call them. And right. boy, they lambasted e EPA, and, and they gave examples uh, 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 that I thought it was, uh, yes, uh, of how this will impact. And then Tippy came out uh, disappointed with the EPA because they were presented, Tippy said, with real-world evidence of limited pesticide use, but they failed to use the most accurate data in their evaluations, 
championship. Now, right. I commented this morning that uh, is this the same EPA and the administrator, Michael Regan, that uh, more than a few farm groups went gaga over uh, when he yeah. was announced? I I kept cautioning the farm groups that saying you better see his decisions. And by he, he doesn't totally make them chip, but the buck sure. stops with him because yep. he can he can stop some things. And what will this tell us relative to their uh, eventual announcement of the renewable fuel standard, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, d blending, uh, uh, blending, uh, reset, uh, uh, et cetera. So yes, EPA is not the, uh, uh, the ag cheerleader, but that some of these farm groups initially thought he would be. Well, we haven't seen the final rule on the water yet either. Have we Jim? No, we have not. Yeah. And we won't for a while. Uh, right. So we won't for a while, but that's going to be middle of the road. Nobody's going to be happy, which again, usually right. tells you that it's probably the best they can do. <laughs> the most workable. Yes. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, let's start talking about the week ahead and the week ahead starts in a big way today. Three we'll o'clock. Three o'clock we'll Eastern time. We're going to, yeah, we'll <laughs> see. You're going, they're, they're having a signing ceremony, three o'clock Washington time and uh, governors. On the infrastructure bill. Yeah, on the infrastructure bill, the bipartisan infrastructure framework. That's where the F comes in, BIF. Right. Uh, and that's good for agriculture overall. What, 110 billion for roads and bridges yeah. and 40 billion alone. Uh, you know, you know, for bridges, Chip. And yep. but let me tell you some of the emails I've been getting in and calls from farmers and others. Uh, what does this bill about a, tr a trillion dollars? Does uh, how's it pay for? But most of the emails want to know: Does this add to the deficit uh, debt? And it does about two hundred and fifty-six yeah. billion dollars and a number of emails and uh you know coming in of saying how do they deal with implementation uh will there be a regulatory hurdles like usually is the case chip but embodied in this bill are some pretty good language uh, uh, items that codify the trump era one federal decision concept and that sets a two-year goal for completing federal permitting for highway projects. So they're trying to cut through the red tape. And I think that's, you know, something very good that we're going to see. Another question I get is, is who's going to disperse the funds? Yeah. Most of the cash is going to go to the states. Now, state officials are going to have a big say of how the money they get is going to be utilized. Now, there's some specific targeted items for specific topics. However, state officials have a lot of clout on this bill. Okay. Another, uh, and let's see if I can explain this, another concern that came up in conversations over the weekend was, okay, $40 billion available for bridges. When that was the case before, uh, when we were looking for money, there might be two or three billion dollars in an annual bill that would be that that would um, uh, provide for for new bridges and rebuilding bridges with all that money did it just become more expensive to build a bridge <laughs> that's that's been the case in the in the past but i think this speeding up of the red tape will will help chip and okay. but but for perspective that 40 billion 
It's the largest single infusion of cash uh, received yeah. in the history of the interstate highway system. And that's, yeah. that, that's impressive in and, of, in and of itself. Oh, Jim, the bill is very impressive. And I think it's very uh, encompassing of, of the issues that we need to deal with on the infrastructure in the country. The problem is it's just a dang big. Well, it's so big that uh, Biden today is going to announce, I think they did announcing, former New New Orleans uh, uh, mayor, uh, to uh, serve as the head transportation guru for the distribution of the funds, Jip. And, and, you know, that was needed there. (laughs) Yeah, It, it, it surely is needed. Surely is. Okay, another thing on the schedule for today, we've got the virtual meeting between President Biden and President Xi Jinping of China. What's going to happen there? Well, we're going to see if uh, Xi Jinping, who's really leader for life uh, now, so he's got a little more cushion behind himself or underneath him. Uh, But the White House has gone out of their way, Chip, to say there's going to be no uh, uh, big announcements out of this uh, virtual summit, right. if you will. Lowering Re- expectations. Receivables. Yep. They, they've yep. lowered expectations. So that usually sets off alarms in me saying, are they hiding something here? Now, I know uh, U.S. Trade Rep. Catherine Tai has been working with her counterpart and counterparts in China relative to the implementation of phase one uh, agreement uh, that Trump and his people worked out, which ended up being pretty good for U.S. Mm -hmm. agriculture. There may be something relative to uh, that announcement from Xi Jinping. If that's the case, that that should be a boost for soybeans, which it usually is. He may say something relative to how China is going to live up to the volume and dollar requirements, Jeff. Okay. Uh, let's jump over to the comments page there, Jim. And we've got a question that came in from Aaron. It says, uh, I thought Vilsack mentioned payments for hog producers affected by the line speed rule. Our basis has dropped $2.100 from over the next year. Are they still considering payments for hog producers affected? Certain hog producers, yes. I'll have to go back to see whether or not, you know, they've released so much money. I really have to go back to a spreadsheet spreadsheet to see whether or not they've already announced it, Chip. But yeah, you're right, uh, you know, questioner uh, Aaron, uh, that they have uh, called for uh, payments to certain producers. Now, I have to look at the language again to see which producers. I think that they, 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 they did it by size of producers producer. Uh, So watch that. And to to repeat what we've said the last few weeks on on signal to noise, there's not going to be a top-up payment for hog producers, but it's going to be some other type of payment. Uh, USDA has not yet detailed what that payment will be, but it's coming, uh, quote, soon, as they always say. Yeah. Yeah. And we should talk a little bit more about the line speeds. Because the Jim checked me on this, but what happened was in 2019, the Trump administration finalized the rule on a pilot project that was initiated during the Clinton administration that removed the line speed restrictions on five or six 
plants. Yes, six, I think. And they made it permanent. They made it permanent. Yeah, Trump, the Trump administration made it permanent. Well, because it was a Trump administration final rule, when the Biden administration came in, they reversed it. Even though it was a pilot project started by the Clinton administration. It was part of the anything that that the Trump administration finalized, we're going to get rid of. Well, it was also a sop to the labor union. Okay. But there was some of what I said in there too. I there there just had to be. So now we're starting a brand new pilot project and they're going to be taking applications to get nine pork processing plants uh, it, operating without the line speed restriction. So we lost two and a half percent. We might get more than two and a half percent of slaughter capacity back through the new pilot project. Yeah, it's a one-year pilot project, yep. so that'll be one to watch to see uh, uh, any safety, you know, considerations because that's what the labor union hyped up. That, and you know that, why it's a one-year project? It's to, because they've got all the evidence that they need to go ahead and run at the at the faster line speed. That's yeah. why they've yeah, got they, all the evidence that they need. They had it in. Yeah. They oh had yeah. It in. Yeah. And again, I always say I want to be fair to USDA Secretary Vilsack on this one. This was not his call. He was hung up with the legal decisions on this one. And he kept on telling us on AgriTalk and other venues that he wanted to to have the unions work out some sort of deal. You know, you know, you know, with the plants. Now, I don't know how much they were involved in this one, but at least we have a potential road to uh, solving this issue again. And let's hope it holds this time. Right. Okay. Let's move on to Triple B. Uh, obviously, Senator Manchin still holds the the key on whether or not this is going to get done. Yeah. First, the the House. It looks like it's going to come to vote this weekend, Chip. They're saying this week, but <laughs> I'll take the bet it'll it'll take lower. You know, later this yeah. week. Let's assume, and the House is significant has already significantly changed the Build Back Better social climate change provisions. But no matter what happens this week in the House, all eyes are going to be on the Senate and Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, over the weekend or late Friday it was, admitted that the timing of when the Senate's going to consider it is going to be later. Uh, That's into December. So uh, even... um, uh, most people are saying you're going to be near Christmas before we see yes. w- the the final result on this. Manchin, Senator Manchin, the key centrist on this uh, issue, uh, you know, Democrat, centrist Democrat from West Virginia. I think the the when I read all of his stuff, he's caved before. However, I think this inflation stuff gives him more ammo chip to at least delay yeah. the vote. I, I think that's going to that. be his thrust to say, look, I'm not going to, I don't want to vote against this. Let's just delay yeah. into the, into 2022 to see how this COVID situation, the inflation situation pans out. And I think that's the road he eventually is going to take in December. Okay. Uh, we talked about this at the end of last week. It didn't happen over the weekend. We're going to be on watch for it again this week. The renewable volume obligations from EPA. What's the, what are the odds that we're going to see them this week? 
<laughs> well, usually you win a lot of bets by saying not this week. Okay, yeah. sooner or later you're caught. What they're waiting for, Chip, is this BBB to be voted on. And okay. I think, I don't know whether it's totally or not. Now there's a November 30th quote deadline. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think we're, we are indeed getting closer, but it's mm -hmm. still over at the office management and budget. I looked right before the show that that okay. doesn't say too much. It's just because they can, they can say it's finalized within uh, hours. I, I right. think it's already been decided on Regan gave a little hints. What last week by saying certain groups will not like what's right. announced. The reason they're trying to hold it is because of the around $1 trillion for biofuel aid in the build back better program subject to change and yeah. also the 700 million dollars in covid related aid to the biofuel sector that they still have not officially announced and detailed how they're going to do that but white house people told me despite the rather dramatic run-up in ethanol prices they're still going to announce that covid aid for the biofuel right. sector right. so yeah and the bottom line when when Reagan says that uh, certain groups are going to be disappointed. He's talking about the ethanol industry and farmers because the RVOs, the blending obligations are going to be lower than the targets that are, are really determined by the RFS law. And that is in exchange for, check me, that's in exchange for strong indications that there will be no small refinery exemptions going forward. No to limited. Yes. Okay. No to limited. And, but now the, the uh, crude oil people are the, the people who are complaining about higher, high rent prices want, uh, want it all. They, they want not only a lower RVO, the mandated uh, level, uh, but they also, uh, you know, want um, the waivers. And I, and that's why I think Regan said groups are not going to be happy uh, because you've got some companies, crude uh, companies exposed in this uh, RIN market. And I yep. think there's going to be some pain once they see this because the signals we're getting, as you just said, and Vilsack has, has indicated they're, they're yes. going to separate themselves from the Trump administration who gave ample waivers. Okay. So there's your politics coming in play here that they Vilsack and energy people want in this administration want to say, you know, we're not going to go pell-mell on these waivers. And, and that's a, a goodie for the biofuel industry. So we're going to just get, uh, uh, you know, a plus for the ethanol side, but not the 15, you know, billion gallons. And uh, they're just waiting uh, for right. the timeline to, to, you know, to announce it. We'll see if we're right. Okay. Uh, Jim, let's wrap this up with, with the latest on the polls. Uh, the Washington Post, I think ABC poll, uh, not good news again for uh, President uh, Biden, uh, inflation, inflation and policy moves. But it also signals significant changes in the Senate in midterm elections, uh, Chip. Uh, we already know the House is very likely going to go the uh, you know, Republican control way in 2022. So uh, we just have another data point, uh, and this is the Washington Post ABC yeah. poll, and I'm not saying they're sh shenanigans there, but these things are, are adding up. The problem for Biden is that 
they can't really do anything short term relative to the big issue of inflation. What do you do right. for energy prices? People have tried it before. Ask former President Jimmy Carter. It just yeah. doesn't work out that way. They have to let the market and the COVID and the logistics situation work itself out. And, that, and that, that's not going to happen anytime in, in, uh, in the short term. Exactly. All right. We need to keep watch of that. Speaking about the shenanigans in the refining industry, where some of the refiners have shorted the REN market, essentially, uh, we're going to have a conversation with Jordan Fife from BioUrgia about that topic tomorrow morning on AgriTalk, this morning on AgriTalk at 10.06 Central. We're going to be talking about meat exports, record meat exports yes. uh, with, the, with the folks from USMEF. And, of course, a red-hot used machinery market with uh, Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. And so, there's a hearing this week, Chip, in the House on the biofuel industry and its importance to rural America. So we could get okay. some goodies out of that hearing. Okay. We'll be watching for that one, too. Any other last-second mentions, Jim? No, I'll be okay. at the, I'll be in the Ozarks this Friday to give a speech at the Missouri's Governor's Conference. So if you're from Missouri and please go down to that time daily is also going to be there from Farm Journal. She's going to MC a panel. I think Seth Meyer from USDA yeah. is going to be there. Uh, so it should be some fun. I'm going to be uh, back to see some of my family members. So I'm I'm going to have a good time. Excellent. Good job. Good job. Have fun down there. Sure. And good job on this morning's DC signal to noise. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals.